Hello, Patriots. It's Joe Wolverton, the Teacher of Liberty here. I'm coming at you today for a couple of reasons. I want to talk to you about some things that are going on, particularly today. Wednesday is the inauguration. But I wanted to talk to you first about this pandemic, this so-called pandemic. Well, I know that we don't learn Latin or Greek in school anymore, even at your classical academies. It's pretty much a joke. But if we were to still learn classical Latin and Greek, maybe we would understand what a pandemic really was, and we wouldn't be fooled so easily by those who are trying to convince us that such a thing exists right now. So let me begin by telling you what the word pandemic means. First of all, it comes from two Greek words, pan meaning all or every, and demos meaning the people. So a pandemic would be a situation where all the people have some sort of disease. Well, guys, not all the people have this disease, this COVID-19 or SARS-2 as they're calling it now at the CDC. And you see, therein is proof of the saying that the only way to guard liberty is through education. If you want to be, as Jefferson said, ignorant and free, you want what never was and what never will be. So we don't know what pandemic means. We haven't been taught Greek or Latin in school for a hundred years at least. Whereas our founding fathers could write notes in Greek and Latin by the time they were in what we would call fourth, fifth grade. In fact, if you couldn't, you'd be kind of a pariah, kind of thought, why don't your parents love you kind of deal. So I want to talk a minute about this non-pandemic, obviously, because it isn't pan all and demos the people. All the people don't have it. I want to also talk a little bit about some evidence that it isn't a pandemic and that if you weren't constantly being told that it was, you would have no idea that there was any sort of thing. You would think, well, there's just some people with the flu, I suppose, right? So let's talk a little bit about it. First, I would encourage you to do this. There are many places online. Just Google it or DuckDuckGo, whatever you use. Yahoo, Alta Vista, if you're living in Pawnee. Go and look up pandemics of the past. Read about them. Read about the situation and you'll quickly discover that there is no pandemic today. Uh, for example, uh, walk out your front door. Do you see signs on doors warning you of infected people? Do you see ambulances transporting bodies day and night, the wailing of ambulances? Go to the hospital, your local hospital, I dare you. Do you see masses of infected people waiting to be treated? The answer to all of those questions is no. Are all your neighbors, are all of your neighbors ill? Do you look and you see that everyone around you, everyone in your neighborhood, someone in their family is ill? No. Are there a significant number of people in your neighborhood ill? No, there aren't. I'll tell you, uh, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, and there was a yellow fever epidemic in that town a couple of different times. But I'll tell you, just reading the story 
of that epidemic, that pandemic. They called it an epidemic, but gosh, with the number of people that were infected, it could definitely have been a, a, called a pandemic. Uh, the population of the city, you had people bear, burning clothes, burning bedding outside the city. There was a constant wailing of of ambulances. There was a um, and now they weren't motorized, obviously, a constant uh, sound of funeral bells to the point where the city government had to pro- prohibit the, the ringing of funeral bells so that the sick wouldn't get discouraged. There were people burning fires just to just to counter to uh to offset the stench there would be piles outside houses not just outside of the city but people burning clothes and bedding undertakers coffin makers grave diggers working night and day unable to keep up with the staggering number of the dead needing to be buried. Go to your local cemetery, guys. Go to your local cemetery. Watch the day and night burying of the dead who perished because of COVID-19. Right, you won't see it because this isn't a pandemic. All right? I... Do you, do you realize that we fought the war for independence during a pandemic? I would encourage you to go over and look at an article called Revolutionary Fever, Disease and War in the Lower South. It's actually posted on the National Institute of Health website, NIH.gov. Read the story of how this fever, this epidemic was sweeping across the South, killing innumerable people. And the British thought, well, surely the Southerners, the Southern Patriots, will surrender. No. No. If we're going to die of this disease, we just as soon die fighting for our freedom. But today, we'll just put on the mask quarantine ourselves, even though we're well, and pretend that the hospitals can't keep up with the demand. I'm telling you, where are all the bodies? It's one thing to claim that the uh, intensive care and the emergency rooms can't keep up. Go to the cemeteries, people. Where are all the bodies of those thousands upon thousands purportedly dying of COVID-19? Slash 20, slash 21, slash 22, I'm sure. SARS-2, SARS-3, SARS-4, whatever it takes, right? Go read the story. Go look around your neighborhood. If it wasn't for the constant cacophony of all the noise telling you that there was a pandemic and if you didn't mask up, you hated old people. 
you wouldn't know it by looking around. Think about that, guys. You wouldn't know it by walking around your town. So, next thing. Or just, again, go to the cemeteries. Have the person there in charge of the cemetery say, can you show me all the fresh graves of all the COVID victims? I, I want to pay my respects, yeah? Show them. Ask them to show you. All right, next thing, the inauguration. By the time you hear this, I'm sure Joe Biden will have taken the oath of office and become the next president of the United States. Now, that word president, that office of president is created in the Constitution. It has boundaries, very specific boundaries on his power. If a man acts outside of those boundaries of that power, he is no longer the president. He is simply a robber. Do you understand what I'm saying? The office of president is defined in the Constitution wherein the limits of the consent of the people are found. If a man, no matter what title, president or otherwise, acts outside the boundaries of the consent of the people, he is by very definition a tyrant. Now, let's talk about the spectacle of Washington, D.C. being occupied by the military. Should a president who according to him and all of the mouthpieces that was so popularly elected, should that president be so afraid of the people that he needs to surround himself with military guards? Should he have to prohibit, forbid The people, the millions upon millions who elected him, should he have nothing to fear, at least from them? Why does Joe Biden fear the people? If he were so popular, why would he feel his life was so precarious? I'm telling you, We don't study history anymore, so we don't understand what's going on. What's going on is exactly what went on with Pisistratus, with Julius Caesar. When a man knows that he has usurped tyrannical control of a people... He knows to surround himself with armed guards. He knows to forbid the people from getting anywhere near where they could do him harm. But I ask you, should any man, elected president, have a sense that he is a target in that way 
that he must ostracize citizens from their capital and surround himself with armed military guards. Guys, think about that. If he needs a guard, is he the people's president as he claims? I will say in the words of someone wiser than I, power has many advantages over liberty. It generally has numerous guards and much treasure. Sound familiar? Now, Joe Biden, which I think is so interesting. This is a man who, when interviewed and asked about the Second Amendment, about the ownership of weapons, said, well, quote, now I'm quoting this man. You don't need an AR-15. You don't need 30 rounds to protect yourself, unquote. Okay, if I don't need an AR-15 and 30 rounds to protect myself, you don't need 10,000 armed guards with automatic weapons to protect yourself, Mr. Biden. Someone with access to him should text him the definition of the word hypocrite. Reminds me of what Caesar Beccaria once said. It'd be dangerous if the tyrant read what I wrote, but we know tyrants don't read, so I'm perfectly safe. Yeah, I don't need an AR-15, and I don't need 30 rounds, but you need... You need to empty the entire city and surround yourself with armed military guards with automatic rifles. Mr. Biden, you are no different than I am, sir. I don't care if you're president. Your authority is laid out in the Constitution. You've already promised to violate, to go beyond the borders of that authority. Which brings me to my next subject, which is the presidential oath of office. Now, I have a video on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is called Teacher of Liberty. I have been put in YouTube jail, but you can still watch the old videos that they haven't taken down. I'm sure they'll take this one down soon because of the topic. But I would encourage you to go watch it. It's called um, Presidential Oath of Office. Go look at that video, Teacher of Liberty, Presidential Oath of Office. Look at that video, listen to it, because I don't want to chew my tobacco twice, as we say down home. But I would encourage you to go watch that video, and it will explain more of what I'm talking about here. But I will say this. I guarantee you, and most of you, I'm recording this before. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. But I will guarantee that Joe Biden put his hand on a Bible that he swore, he'll use the word swear, not affirm. Affirm is just a promise, a a promise to do what you say you're going to do. When you swear something, when you swear, that's a word with a definition. And if you look up the definition as 
accepted in 1786, 1786 in Johnson's Dictionary, you'll find that it says, quote, a promise supported by calling on the deity as a witness. So I guarantee that Joe Biden put his hand on a Bible. He's already talked about it. It's his family Bible. I'm sure he reads it nightly. He's putting his hand on a Bible, and he will say, I swear to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And he will end that, as every president has since George Washington, by saying, so help me God. Doubling down on the blasphemy, Biden. Doubling down. Biden the blasphemer will double down. Triple. Think about it. He's going three deep. He's going hand on a Bible. He's going to say, I swear. And at the end, he's going to go for the third offense of the deity and say, so help me God. Why does he want to bring God into his lying? Why does he want to invoke the wrath of the Almighty? Why not do as the Article 2, Section 1, Presidential Oath of Office allows? Why not just say, I affirm, and then say, you know, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, period. Because none of us care that he's a blasphemer. But we should. If we were a people devoted to religion, devoted to morality, devoted to virtue, a pious people, we would care that one after the other president blasphemes while millions clap for him. We would care that he swears in the name of God to do something that he has already promised he would not do. Go to Joe Biden's webpage. You'll see that he, all of the things he promises to do as president in the early days of his term, all of them are unconstitutional. Therefore, he knows when he puts his hand on the Bible and swears to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, so help him God, he knows he's lying. And the people who voted for him want him to keep his promises rather than to keep the oath that he will swear to God. Let that sink in, patriots. Tens of millions of Americans prefer the president keep his unconstitutional promises to them than to be faithful to the oath he swore to the Almighty. I want to read you a couple of quotes, guys. I, 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 I know I told you to watch the video and I want you to. But I want, you to, I want to read to you a couple of quotes here, if you don't mind. Let's, uh, let's take it over here. How about, 
Emmer Devoto. Now, these guys are all from this Founders Recipe book. Uh, these are the 37 most often quoted men by the founding generation. And I would encourage you to go get that. But anyway, these are quotes from all of those men. How about Emmer Devoto? What influence can the invocation of God have on the mind of him who is deaf to the voice of conscience? Even children, more devoto, even children know that an oath does not constitute the obligation to keep a promise. It does not constitute the obligation. It only gives an additional strength to that obligation by calling on God to bear witness. A man of sense, a man of honor, does not think himself less bound by his word alone, by his faith once pledged, than if he added the sanction of an oath. I'm just going to give you one more, or a couple of more here, by Sam Pufendorf, Samuel Pufendorf. Uh, I'm just going to give you a couple more, because you can go watch the video, and you can... You can see all the ones that I quote there in the uh, Oath of Office, Presidential Oath of Office video. But uh, how about this one from Samuel Pufendorf? Quote, Now when an all-wise and an almighty witness is invoked, it causes a strong presumption of the truth because no man can easily be thought so wicked as to dare rashly call down upon himself the grievous indignation of the deity. Hence it is the duty of those that take an oath to take that oath with awful reverence and to religiously observe what they have sworn. When God, when God only is here and invoked with a desire that if we swear falsely, he would be pleased to punish our crime. In these things especially, for which we are most nearly and tenderly concerned. Finally, but the taking of an oath has this effect on men. For the sake of that invocation of God, which is therein made use of, whose wisdom no man's cunning can elude, and who suffers not the man that mocks him to escape unpunished, that not only a heavier punishment is assigned to him who forswears himself than to him who barely breaks his word, but it puts them in mind to avoid all deceit and prevarication in the matters which it is added to confirm. Or, as Galatians Chapter 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. But there he is, hand on a Bible swearing to God, so help me, God.
any man who takes authority not rightly belonging to him is a tyrant. Guys, that's where the word tyrant comes from. It comes from the Etruscan word turinos, meaning mistress, meaning a woman taking upon her a right that legally and rightfully belongs to another. A tyrant is a man who takes upon himself power that does not legally and rightfully belong to him. I would quote this from the illustrious Algernon Sidney. Quote, Whoever, therefore, assumes to himself any such tyrannical power renders himself an enemy to mankind and obliges all that are friends to reason and justice to destroy such a monster who, having the shape of a man, has nothing else of humanity. I want you to think about these things, friends. There is no pandemic, and it's obvious. It's notoriously obvious. Study the pandemics of the past, and you will see. Study the fact that the word itself means every people, all the people. Pandemos. Walk around your neighborhood. Go to the cemeteries. Find all the fresh graves of all the victims. I'll wait sitting down. Why would a man so popularly elected, purportedly, need to prohibit the people from attending his inauguration? Why would a man who says, you don't need an AR-15, you don't need 30 rounds to protect yourself, himself need thousands of armed military guards with automatic weapons and innumerable rounds to protect himself. You don't need it, but he does. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. The first one with the pandemic, lies, lies. The second, hypocrisy. The third, blasphemy. There he stands with his hands on the Holy Bible, swearing in the name of God to do something he's already promised not to do. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Any man who presumes to take upon himself tyrannical power declares himself an enemy of the people. Simple as that. I'll close today in the words of 
John Trenchard and Thomas Gordon from Cato's Letters. And I'll, I try to close often in these words because I'm hopeful that it sinks in at some time, my friends. Quote, Now, therefore, my best friends, now is the time to help yourselves. Now, act honestly and boldly for liberty or forget the glorious and charming sound. Until next time, my friends. <laughs>